Welcome to Houndsy, the Steel Army podcast. I'm Dan Yost. Joining me this week to talk about this last week's game in Memphis, the upcoming game, home opener against Hartford, and a bunch of other fun Steel Army news. We got Logan. Logan, what's good, buddy? It's it's going. Uh, currently prepping for the uh, half marathon in May. So putting some miles on the legs each day. Uh it is incredibly painful and I don't really know what I'm doing. So that's kind of where I'm at. I'm at like the, like not having gotten to the big mileage yet, but like no point to turn back now. So wish me luck. I, I will. Now that I know you're doing that, I will wish you luck. I, I ran the half marathon, the Pittsburgh half before. Uh, good luck uh, on the hill going into Oakland. Enjoy that, buddy. It's a good time. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Working on half marathons yourself. I could do like a half mile, maybe. I I go too aggressive on days like St. Patrick's Day to even consider shit like that. Yeah, uh, I and as a, someone who saw you on St. Patrick's Day, I could uh, I could vouch for that because you were two. at the watch. You 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 were at the watch party, um, kinda. But look like you're having two a good time. Groups of, there are two groups of people in this world, and I'm a part of the one that firmly believes running should be banned. Mm. Well, we can have you guys work out your differences. Um, clearly, someone as who, who did the half marathon himself, I uh, I guess I'll be on team. It's okay to run a little bit. But enough of the uh, half marathon chat. We have a week to recap and a week weekend to look forward to. The Hounds big 3 nothing victors over Memphis this past Saturday on the season opener on the uh, St. Patrick's Day observed, if you will. Uh, if you listen to Mongols, they gave us a, a really good rundown of, uh, of the events in Memphis. So we're just going to kind of go around here and, and give some of our big picture thoughts on uh, what they saw during the game. Yak, uh, what did you take away from the Memphis uh, match? Our offensive all-stars basically played the way you expect them to play. Cicerone, Dane Kelly, uh, Kenny, they all played – somewhere between very good and just had fantastic games. The, the back line, which, which they only played against 10 men for two-thirds of the game, they played extremely solidly. Shane Wheat got well-deserved USL Team of the Honors, Team of the Week mention. Um, Ordonez was super calm and looked fabulous for most of the match. Johnny Peters was a force. It was great. Um, early season Passing was a bit of an issue. And talking to Bob Lilly yesterday, that was probably his biggest thing that he wanted to take away. That's the biggest source of improvement. But from a home, from a season opener standpoint, game went probably as smoothly as you could have ever expected. Logan, you, uh, you're sharing those sentiments, having any thoughts, any thoughts of your own on what you saw. First off, where did you watch the game? Saturday night. I, w- I watched it on my couch. Oh, Yes, I uh, I would, would have loved to join. The snow and the wind and everything else kind of scared me away on Saturday. Um, I also went to uh, – I was going to pocket my DD token for this Saturday. So I had uh, to uh, I had to play some cards. So I uh, watched it on my couch by myself with the dog. Uh, enjoyed it. Uh, everything Yak said, uh, totally agree with. It was nice to see them play through adversity. Um, you know, it, I tried to go back and watch the Ordonia's – uh, penalty decision. I, the announcer said he gave it for handball. I don't know if it's challenge handball. 
even was a handball. It looked like his hand was in a natural position. I think that was a, a very tough call. Uh, the Hounds got there. Uh, you know, Bostic had a great save, kick save. Um, and nice to see that they didn't let that PK call kind of ruin the night. And, uh, you know, 10 minutes later, it flipped down to 10 men. Uh, and, you know, they executed. Um, like Yak said, passing Lily wasn't the happiest. Uh, you know, probably could have put, you know, four or five or six by him. Um, but first game of the season, I had no complaints. The passing to me, especially early in the game, it was almost – it looked like this was a team who's done everything on turf and now they're passing on actual grass and just didn't have heavy enough touches. It was as if every pass was just super light. And to me, that was like the first 10 minutes was just passes not having enough weight on them. And I, my first thought was you haven't been on grass uh, yet this year. Uh, and could I possibly look at, be looking at that correctly? Or was it, was it just bad passing in general? I agree with I think, that. I think historically we're not a particularly good passing team. We're mostly kind of a long ball hoofing it up. This team is built better, and it just, it just didn't click right away. What I found interesting about the game, looking back on some of the stats and, and graphs and everything, and put this out on the Steel Army account, Memphis, when they were bringing the ball, they were going down their left uh, almost exclusively. So that would have been where Alex Dixon was, was the right wing back. And I don't know if that was them thinking Alex was the more, more vulnerable point of attack defensively, or they just didn't want to touch Robbie Drambaugh at all, uh, or Dan Brott. I always want to put the R in the wrong spot. Was this a thing of they just prefer going that direction because they thought they could get there better? Because, you know, uh, Dan Brott's name really didn't get brought up that much at all. Um, and then you look at they just avoided his part of the field completely. I'd be very curious if that is a, a trend we see going forward or that was just something Memphis uh, tried to pick out on the night. Well, the other side was Ibarra, right? It was the rookie making his first start. Maybe that was the, the game plan, try to go after him. Ibarra was more on the left mid side. He would have been away from the direction that Memphis was coming. Um, Dan Brown, I thought, played really well. but And because Dixon's going to play a little bit more forward, there's probably more space there. I didn't really notice them attacking that side a ton until we started making subs. The last third of the game, they really started making headway down that side. I think they were attacking um, whoever was subbed on on defense on that side for the Hounds. I'm not sure that was a fault of the defense that started, really. And then the other kind of takeaway I've had from it was uh, Vosvik looked fine, um, distributed the ball pretty well, wasn't kicking him out of play. Most of the shots were, were right at him. Uh, the PK was was poor, to say the least. Uh, so he, he did the work he's supposed to do. So I feel a little bit more sure-headed or calm about the position than I was this time a week ago. Uh, it, hopefully that, that holds up. Uh, if you're going to just keep giving the opposition shots from, from distance and bad angles and places where it's going to be easy for the keeper to make to make the routine saves and, you know, long live the Bob Lee system, shall we say. So moving on from, from Memphis, uh, we'll get to Hartford here in a second, but there was a, a little bit of an event last night. The, the annual Riverhounds season ticket holder 
kit reveal slash team introduction slash get the preview of what's going to be new at, at the stadium. Uh, all three of us there were there last night. Logan, what did you take away from, from last night's uh, presentations from, from Tuffy, from Vic, from Bob, uh, all spoke, you know, soap and spoke for a little bit. Uh, what are your big takeaways from the night? I, I had a few, most of them come from, from Bob introducing the players when he drops various tidbits about, you know, different guys and kind of gives you a, a look into why they were signed or how they were signed or how they ended up back in Pittsburgh. Um, Ordonez, uh, you mentioned that it wasn't, if it was not for a lack of international, uh, spots, uh, with Houston probably would still be with Houston. Um, so kind of got, you know, odd man out, you know, I think Yost, you actually said this earlier, kind of wanted to come back to Pittsburgh cause he was familiar with it. Maybe yeah, that was you that said that. Um, and, 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 it just happened that Leo Lilly had his eye on him and it was a, a good match. Uh, Danny Griffin, uh, Bob made it seem where he kept saying, you know, I had to keep going back to Tuffy and seeing how much we could afford. Made it seem like they maybe paid um, a little bit more than the average for a midfielder for Danny Griffin, which is interesting to see, see the hounds spend, but just some, some things that, that Bob threw in with the, uh, with the players. And uh, I always think it's funny with Bob, tries to sell you on guys like like he took a flyer on a guy and he like wants you to like them and he'll be like if you loved him you're gonna love this guy you know he did that with like three or four guys last night he's like if you love todd wharton you're gonna really like this guy um but i thought that was the the most intriguing part of the night was obviously the the roster introduction and the little little spiel bob does for each guy but uh, i enjoyed it yeah bob went i i for some reason thought oh, let me put a clock on on this see where, where he takes it bob went 28 minutes without notes, introducing every member, every player in all, everyone on the staff. That alone was, I mean, he was pulling out colleges and last year's stats and family, you know, who just had a kid, who had a kid in last year. That itself I thought was, was fairly impressive to go, go almost a half hour uh, without notes, introducing everyone from, you know, Kenny, who he knows, you know, probably better than most of his family members down to guys that were signed a week ago. So it was, it was really impressive. Uh, I think it's, it's, it's cool to see the human side of Lily when he does stuff like that. Right. I think most of the time it's just like, it's the guy on the sideline that yells and I don't know about you guys, but for me, he has this, I want to say mean or like grouchy aura, maybe serious is the word, but um, it's always nice to see him kind of in a more relaxed mood in that setting. And of course he came around and shook everybody's hand and, uh, at the one point, Visser, you know, Bob said, you know, whenever he gets the courage to whisper something in my ear, I thought was funny that Bob understands that people see him as that, you know, um, uh, you know, head honcho Scrooge type of boss, uh, which I, I thought was interesting. It's always cool to get a, a look inside Bob's head to have uh, the whole event's nice to have the guys in the relaxed atmosphere and get to talk to him. Yeah, he, he cracked a couple of jokes that actually landed a little bit too. It was uh, it it was a much more casual Bob than even in some of these events previous years. Uh, he's he's not maybe been this this casual, this relaxed. Also went kind of deep dive on the Montour Junction facility and what that's going to mean for for the Hounds for 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 soccer in general. Uh, kind of just laid out his appreciation for 
kind of the output that Tuffy's put, you know, gone through the last handful of years. So that was interesting because normally you, Bob doesn't say anything about it's, it's the team, it's the team, it's the team. And then to see him address things slightly outside of that realm, I thought was kind of interesting. Uh, I agree. And even the, uh, the, uh, I'm losing, losing my train of thought here, but yeah, I, I agree with you. Sorry. I just, I had, had a, had a, uh, had a thought to, to chip in, but I, uh, I just totally lost it. Yeah. Where's your head on this was, uh, was last night what you thought it would be better, worse. I want to point out that, uh, for a lot of those players, I imagine a half hour of just standing up in front of all of us while Bob, talks about you and gives comments can't be the most comfortable thing in the world, especially when he adds certain like jokes or comments or things he called Jelani, He said Jelani Peters was like a father figure to uh, Jesse Williams, for example. I'm not sure if Peters is ever going to let that down in the locker room. That was a pretty funny moment. Um, I just wanted to, I just wanted to get that out there. How about the love for my boy, Willie? Yang? Let's, let's talk about that. Yeah, that was going to get to that. The, uh, you know, a week ago on, on the season preview, you were all about uh, about Willie Eang. And I think a lot of us kind of like, okay, I roll, whatever. And then Bob, doing the introductions, uh, Eang is the, is the last person getting introduced. And Bob just gushes yeah, about maybe him. The best more more than night. Kenny. More than yeah. Kenny. Uh, so... If you'd like to, please reiterate what, what Bob had to say so you can uh, pat yourself on the back for being uh, <laughs> being on that train before anyone else. Yeah, Bob Bob said he was a secret weapon. Um, didn't get a lot of eyes on him. Saw some some value in him um, and believes that not only does he have a very good camp, but has an incredibly high ceiling. And what he learns of the system, and they can kind of slot him in, you know, obviously, behind Cicerone, Kelly, uh, Dequa, Dixon, that he can do some uh, some serious damage. Yeah, at, um, I mean, I, saving that for the end, I don't know if that was intentional or not, but all right, now, that started getting me a little bit hyped. Uh, Vic going through everything that, that's new, obviously Tuffy going up there and, and speaking for, I don't know, about 10 minutes or so, um, just kind of li- laying out the kind of five-year vision for, for where the club wants to go. I love hearing all that stuff. What was your guys' them- favorite favorite kit? Oh, we're going to go straight in the kits now? Sure. Uh, so they introduced all three kits. The the home kit that was on pre-order uh, maybe, what, a month, two months ago. Then the away jersey, which was played in, you know, what they wore in Memphis, which was the white with, with yellow polka dot. And then the third jersey, which is this gold with uh, diagonal gray pinstripes and then gray sleeves. And then the keeper kits are kind of, alternate colored versions of those designs. Uh, like I said, I'm not a huge kit person to begin with, but I thought this was the best version of the home kit. And I really like that third kit with the diagonal pinstripes. I'm probably going to pick one of those up. I've come full circle from when we introduced the home jerseys the way they are now a couple years ago where I, I didn't like them at all. And I was fine with them being like our look going forward. And if other people like them, that's fine. But I would never wear the 2017 or 18 version of the jersey. The home jersey now is just so great. It is, it is fabulous looking and I want it. But my favorite 
might be the black goalie jersey with the red polka dots. I thought that was incredible when I saw that in the store, and I might get that instead. Logan, what was your favorite? If, the, if, if you liked any of them. I liked all three. I liked all six, honestly. Uh, great job by Adidas. Great job by, by the guys at the Hounds. Uh, excellent, excellent kits, um, especially after not getting kits in 21, and the kits in 20 were, were pretty weak. So it was very nice to, to have, uh, you know, brand new refreshing kits that actually looked like someone spent a little bit of time to design them. So, uh, I, 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 at every year, I feel like I, I have a favorite one and then I go back and forth, but, um, I bought the home on pre-order a couple months ago and I enjoy it. And then when I saw the other two, I was like, Oh man, I bought the white one last night. And now I think I'm also gonna buy the yellow one. Um, that yellow one is, is very sharp. Um, and like, yeah, said, the more I look at the, at the stripes, I'm like, damn, that one is very nice. And it's a very good, um, you know, home kit to, to have for future years as, as our kind of thing, if you will. So I thought from a, a kit standpoint, the hounds murdered it this year. My fear with the polka dot kit is kind of what we saw in Memphis. Cause I think a lot of us weren't aware that it was a polka dot kit until you saw pictures after the game. And I think that's going to be a recurring problem that on TV, they're just going to look like white t-shirts. And until you get photos and up, up, up close uh, looks at them, they will see, Oh, there's, there's yellow polka dots on a, on a white shirt. So I think it's not going to play as well on TV as they will in photos. Cause they look, sh- you take the, the still frames from the game. It looked really sharp. You look at the video from the game. It's you can't even tell. So that, I guess that's my fear is it's not going to be as, it's not going to come off as well on TV as they do in person. That's definitely true. There's enough accents on the Jersey that I didn't fear that like, Oh, we're just wearing a plain white Jersey. Cause I've beefed on Twitter with recent Jersey reveals from Birmingham or Indy that just straight up look like plain white t-shirts. The Birmingham's are just t-shirts. It's a, it's a black t-shirt, a red t-shirt and a white t-shirt. It's yeah. That's pretty, pretty poor. Even though I didn't see the yellow polka dots at the bar during the game, I was comfortable with how much it was already going on that it's fine enough. But yeah, seeing it in person makes the texture and the details pop out way better. And the cuff sleeves with the the yellow and black cuffs, the the cuff collar with the black Adidas stripes down the shoulders. I mean, that entire kit is, is, is incredible. So outside of the player introduction in the kits, there was a couple other, uh, tidbits dropped down there obviously we got to see our first up close and, and personal look at the at the shipping container the the, the often described shipping container they're got, there's going to be stairs going up so if you're if you if you rent out the shipping container you'll be able to watch from the field level or you could go on uh, take some stairs behind the shipping container and you could party on top of it so you have some some choices on how you want to you know, take the take the most advantage out of your uh, your premium seating experience, if you will. Uh, looks like they're going to do uh, a lot of other, you know, premium seating stuff with the club level and the suite level, and have some options there. Uh, the other big news, at least to me, was they have now uh, partnered with another an outside company for food and beverage. So it's, it's not like it's not being run in house anymore. It's not it's, Schallenberger concession. As, it's as not Schallenberger construction. Yes. 
It is uh, Sodexo. Sodexo Live is is the the that brand of the Sodexo company. They have a couple other contracts in the city. We got to try a little food. Uh, last how, night, how so was the food? Pierogies. I didn't try it. What did you guys think? Pierogies were freaking delicious. They're dressed. The pierogies so were well. very good. The, I thought the kibasi was a little pedestrian, uh, but it was decent. Uh, would eat. Uh, probably will eat. The are big news on concessions, and this is something I think people they're going to. My fear is the team will poorly announce this, and then it's going to be mass confusion for the first couple of games. Concessions are going are going cashless, and I th- that makes me sad. I think the when you ever had the the card line and the cash line, the cash line always moved faster. So I'm a little fearful of this, but. Uh, I guess we just need to embrace our, our cashless overlords coming forward. I wish that they would just like give me some sort of like card I could just scan and then at the end of the year I just paid my gigantic bar tab. I would do that too. That'd be good. As long as, long as I didn't have to sit there and wait for the, the card to process. No, yeah. If, I, if you just like were like, all right, there's another one and then you just send me like an itemized bill for 17 games. Granted, that would be like disgusting to pay at the end of the year. Um, but yeah, I, I would, if it moves quicker then so be it. Yeah. So that's, that was my, my little scally moment of scowling moment of the, of the night was when they announced that I was going cashless. However, and we had a couple of us had this conversation at the end of the, of the night. So you're going to need cash for parking and cash only. And then the cash will not be good once you get inside the stadium for food and beverage. So still bring cash so you can park, but then then put that away because it's no good inside the stadium. I wonder That's... if they're going to do uh, – I know like when the Pirates and Pens went cashless for COVID reasons, they did those – they brought those machines in that convert cash to like makeshift debit cards for the night. I wonder if they're going to have any of those. That assumes we have space to put them somewhere, and as we know, we're already pretty cramped as it is inside the stadium. It just seems like the hounds have like bright ideas and they don't see through how it's like going to work out from every angle. And then it's just kind of stuck in the middle somewhere. So, so yeah, that, uh, that was the, the little iffy news on the night. Uh, but then I know a lot of people love the, like a lot of people don't carry cash at all. So they're going to be absolutely fine with this. And then I was always the guy, the big advocate for, for having cash at the stadium just to get through the, uh, the beer line faster. But so half the people are going to be, non-plus by this because what they're doing anyways and they're half are gonna be have to make some changes to their their game day rituals shall we say so that was the that was a season ticket holder event any other news or anything that i i didn't bring up that we need to share with the class they said that the uh, montour was 80 percent done is how they put it yes so hopefully that'll come uh, come online here shortly because that will then open up, uh, you know, I mean, the good portion of the conversation last night was about the Montour Junction site and what that, that means for the club. So it sounds like they were hoping to have it open by now, but for various reasons, it's not there yet, but they're, they're getting close. And then when that, that does, that should kind of open up a lot of, uh, a lot of revenue streams for the club and, and other opportunities for how they can use the stadium. So that will be fantastic. The other thing, Hound's beer. I didn't have it. I, I did not have the new um, 
the Hound's Lager. Uh, it's being made by Straub. But no, it's, I didn't it's, have it, last night. It's Straub Amber. It is, it is not, it's not a specially made Riverhound's beer. It is just Straub Amber. Oh, really? But I feel like they're not branding that as such. Like, the Hound's definitely made it seem like, oh, this is ours. Well, that was the same thing with, with what was the first one, the very first one from Penn, Golden Hound, Copper. Hound's Golden Nail. Yeah, Hound's was, Golden Nail. That, that was, was just definitely like a, Hound's. That was just the, the that was a Heffenweisen from Penn Brewery because Kevin Johnson said that at the one kit reveal party a couple years ago. Yeah, they was just they just rebranded an existing. Uh, they just put new labels on. So you're thinking this is the same thing? Oh yeah, it's one hundred percent the same thing. Okay, you're telling me I can still get Hound's Gold Nail to this day? I just got to go know what the name is, sir. I believe so. Okay. Yeah, if you just go to if you go to Penn and get the was it, it wasn't a Heffenweisen, was it? I can swear he said, I thought he said Heffenweisen. I mean, it was a craft beer. We know that much. Yeah. Yeah. So moving on from that, uh, that we have a, a, a just a little little game this weekend. It is the the home opener, Hounds versus Hartford, 7 p.m. Highmark Stadium. Hartford was the one team that did not play last week. The league has a, an odd number of teams, so uh, assuming every other team is playing, there's there's going to be one team that that cannot play. So Hartford, we have no video on Hartford. We have nothing to. The gleam from from week one because they were, uh, they were I probably not sitting at home, but they they weren't playing a, a proper league match, so there's nothing to to feed off of that. They have a, a game's worth of hey, video hey, to, hey, to break they, down they the play, hounds. They, they played the Newtown Pride, okay. Give the Newtown I, I, Pride. I thought they played a team. I didn't want to say they they did they they did nothing, but I wasn't. Yeah, yeah they won. They, they won seven one. I think I assume the Newtown Pride is like the Tartan Devils of Hartford. I don't, I don't think they're professional. They're, they're um, amateur, but they won an amateur cup very recently. So it's not like they're they're weak sauce. They're at least good for an amateur team. Good enough to lose seven. But they put one bad pass Hartford. Yeah. So so they were doing something. Uh, for those who who do not remember Hartford that well from last year, they were ninth. Um, in this, if you kind of did like a combined East table, they would have been ninth. Um, uh, Harry Watling is back as head coach for a second year. A decent amount of, of turnover. Uh, I know you guys have some some stats and facts and figures. If you're looking down the the roster, probably the one former Nate Hounds name that might stick out to you is is Austin Pack, who is in goal. Probably going to be their starter, but we'll, I guess we'll find out here in a couple of days. Uh, Yak, what the, what your research tell you about about Hartford? Besides the fact they're frauds. Let me tell you why they're frauds. I want to tell you a little bit about yes. their journey last season. July 24th, 2021, they beat Miami for the second time already that season. They moved to 7-2-3. and three. They're second in the East. They're hot on Tampa Bay's tails. They've also already beaten Tampa in Tampa by that point in the season. They also put seven goals on the Red Bulls by that time. The next week, they have a game at Highmark Stadium against these beloved Pittsburgh Riverhounds. They lose. That starts a streak where they go two wins and two ties and 11 losses to quickly fall out of the playoff spot from top of the table almost to completely irrelevant in three months. If I'm doing my quick math, that is, that's eight points in 15 games? That is correct. Who? They are frauds, aren't they? 
But as we mentioned, a decent amount of, of roster turnover after that. Um, and besides, besides Austin Pack, we, we know from his half-ish year with the Hounds, any other names that uh, we should be looking out for? The league is probably going to pump the tires of midfielder Danny Barrera a lot, especially a Barrera versus Kenny Forbes situation. Um, Barrera led the league last year with 12 assists. And he all time is only one assist behind Forbes for the most in USL history. So there's a good chance that they're going to be talking about the two of them in comparison to each other. That is probably Hartford's best returning player. And I imagine their captain. Uh, Logan, your thoughts on, on Hartford uh, sight unseen for 2022. Uh, looking at their, um, their results from the preseason, they did not, get a win they played a couple colleges um and they played i believe red bulls two and revolution two um and i think they they drew most of the games um so again tough to put any weight on preseason but um interested to see what they bring hounds i think what one loss maybe at highmark um which was the i think the COVID season was like we beat them like but five whatever that was five nothing the ryan james brace and then like the week later they got the best of us um, but for the most part, uh, the Hounds seem to have their number when they come to Highmark. I remember the opener, was it 2019 was Hartford's first, uh, Correct. they opened, opened Highmark and, and we beat them pretty good. So, uh, hopefully more of the same this weekend. That, that opener, that what 2019, that was the, uh, the Jose Angulo. That's where he uh, hit the screamer from, from the midline. Field. Yeah. Yeah. And didn't celebrate like a, like a proper former Hound should. And then, yeah, then Hartford was the game a bunch of us went to last year up in Hartford to start the, the second week of the season. That was the Kenny Forbes red card, uh, 1-1, kind of um, somewhat sad uh, way to finish off what was a pretty good game up until. Sour, sour taste in your mouth kind of game. Sour, very, uh, very sour. If you people remember correctly, very sour at the end of that game. Um, so yeah, Hartford back, back in town, a lot of roster turnover. No one really knows what they're going to be like, but, um, we know they're going to be frauds because it's in their DNA. But before, uh, the game kicks off, there is, there's just a, a little bit of, of Sioux army shenanigans taking place basically in the 24 hours leading up to it. That, starting with uh, All Hounds Eve and the annual general meeting at Bulldog at, on Friday at 7 p.m. Should be a good time. Uh, it's going to be the first time to, for a lot of people to pick up their membership packages to grab the sweet scarves that are, that are in, the sunglasses that are in. And then we'll have uh, a lot of interesting things to go through, but hopefully not spend too much time so we could focus on the, on the partying aspect of it. There will be, we're going to have some elections for the two member rep spots. There's going to be a, a lot going on. And that is basically just going to be kicking off 24 hours, 24 hours plus of the hounds. Because then noon Saturday, tailgating kicks off the, the good old seven hour tailgate the, to start the season. Um, we are attempting a, a chili cook off. This is kind of a fun little twist on, on the normal season opener we'll have a chili cook-off uh, four or five uh, chilies are going to be down there 
I, last I was told, I think we're, we're aiming for four o'clock for that to, to sample them all. That is going to be down there in lieu of uh, Josh and Liz's traditionally having the grill down there. So if you want to grill some meats, it's a, it's a BYOG type of event, event this time. And, uh, and we'll go hard and, and steady for seven hours before the, before the game kicks off. And then we'll clearly we're going to be drinking and partying the night before to prepare us for a, a good seven hours of tailgating the next day. Yeah. What, uh, what are your thoughts leading up, leading up to kickoff this weekend? Had a good time, have water, lots and lots of water. And uh, just be prepared to go all out. It's been a long time since we've had the hounds in front of us again. And last year left a sour taste in our mouth. Logan, you, uh, are you prepared for a, a full weekend? Yeah, unfortunately not going to make to AGM. Um, I spontaneously bought tickets to March Madness Friday night. So oh. uh, I, uh, I'll be there. So please drink uh, one or two or seven for me there. Um, but hopefully we get absentee voting figured out here and I can still do my civic duty and, and vote for the board members. Um, but yeah, come on out. Like you said, good, great time to get your, your membership packages, uh, shoes killed the scarf this year. Memberships up. Uh, don't, don't wait to sign up. Don't be like, oh, I'll get it next game. Um, the scarves are, they're going to go quick. So, uh, get your, get your first look at them, get them, be the cool people that show up Saturday already with the scarf. Um, if you were a 2021 member, come out, do your civic duty, vote for your board members. Uh, a lot of great people running for the board this year, um, you know, that, that, that want to get on it and uh, help us uh, do what we do. So it's going to be a fun night and excited for Saturday. Yeah. In addition to some, you know, to the two member up spots, there's a, there's a decent amount of, of turnover across the board and all. So it's going to be fun to introduce everyone either in their new position or just new to the board in general. So that'll be a good way to introduce everyone at the at Bulldog Pub Friday night. The election will go nice and smooth. And then, uh, and then we're ready to, to, to go with full gusto in a Saturday. Uh, and then again, Hartford, the game kicks off at seven victory beverages back in the parking lot shortly after nine. And that's that's your opening home opener weekend, and that uh, I it's been too long, and I cannot wait to do this. I'm I'm I was really even keeled, and then then I got the bulldog last Saturday for the the Memphis game, and then there was a PK save, and then they pop in three goals after red card, and now I'm I'm just I need the next like the next hit of the hounds, you know. Um, I'm Jones in a little bit, so I'm, I'm really excited for, for Saturday also. Cause I, at first I wasn't gonna be able to, to I was basically gonna show up just at game time, but plans have changed. And now I'm in for a, a full proper tailgate. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm by about four or five o'clock on Saturday, I'm going to be bouncing off the, the, the outdoor walls, shall we say, <laughs> ready for this game to get going. So yeah, how many are you that, bringing in, in your crew? What's your uh, crew look like? The squad is rolling in at least 16 deep as of nine o'clock Wednesday night. I wouldn't expect nothing, nothing less from, from yet. And I'd probably go a little bit higher than that by Saturday morning. The Riverhound's greatest promoter. 
And uh, it looks like they're, you know, as is tradition with the Big Hounds games, look, there might be some rain in the forecast. So bring those canopies if you, if you, you know, if you got them, bring them. We can make our little canopy village in the West parking lot as, as we're wont to do from time to time. Uh, in other stormy news, we are registration, not registration, but, but signups, uh, declarations of interest for the, for the Detroit uh, caravan going up for the game next weekend. Uh, it's looking strong. Last, my last, my count was 30 below over 30 last I saw a couple days ago. So that's going to be going well. Uh, when you sign up, there's also, we have the ticket link floating around there to, to purchase the, the game tickets and kind of register your interest. If, if you're carpooling or you're, you're looking for a carpool or if you want to come back that night, or if you're staying up there overnight, you can uh, hopefully get in contact with someone else who has the same plans as you do and, and make it work on that side. But again, it looks as of now, we're, we're at least going to be going 30 deep up to Detroit, hopefully more interest after we, we talk it up on at all hounds Eve and talk it up at the tailgate. And uh, yeah, I'm, I, you know, basically rolling straight from, from the Hopner into one of the biggest away days we've had in, in literally a couple of years now. So it's, it's going to be a, it's going to be a, a pretty solid eight or nine days in steel army land coming up here. With that, uh, I don't, I'm not much. I feel like we're kind of going a little short this week, but I think everyone just kind of, buying their time for, for this weekend to, to show up. So again, if you can make it out to make it out the bulldog on Friday, if you can't do that, get out to the West parking lot um, as early as you can, you know, officially we're saying a noon start. No one's going to stop you to show up earlier. Uh, if you can't make it that early, we totally understand, but get there when you can and, and catch up with some people you may have not seen for the past four or five months at this point. Um, it's it's gonna be good. Should we uh, should we give some final thoughts on on this Hartford game? Anything you uh, anything you're looking forward to? Anything you're expecting to see happen? Yak, any uh, any final thoughts on on this Hartford game coming up? Thinking a bunch more goals. Getting back to the the environment that the team is used to trying to connect with each other, uh, the offense I think is going to click and just roll over Hartford, regardless of if they have 10 or 11 people on the field at that time. You, uh, I wasn't asking for predictions last week, but you offered one anyway. You said 3 nothing Pittsburgh. So uh, since you, you're currently one for one on correct score lines, you want to you try to make it two for two? Um, I'm going to do three to one. Whoa. Three one Pittsburgh, of course. Okay, Actually. just checking, just making sure. Logan, what are your uh, what are your, your kind of final thoughts going into this Hartford game? Ooh, I, everything everything we've said so far in the podcast uh, culminated into I think they'll give an incredibly strong performance. Like Yak said, coming back to, to Pittsburgh, it's a lot of the guys' first time um, home at Highmark in front of the crowd. Steel Army always shows out for the first game, so excited. Um, you know get ripped and rowdy and for the boys and uh, they'll show up that they will. I, I haven't looked at how ticket sales are going, but uh, should be a, a solid 
opening day crowd. Hopefully the, the weather doesn't keep too many people away if it, if it does get a little rainy. But if you show up, you're going to be in for uh, be in for a damn good time. I can I can guarantee you that much. But with that said, we'll uh, we'll take this little bad boy home for the week. We uh, would like to thank the Beautiful Game Network for providing the online hosting of Halsey. Check out the wealth of soccer content being produced weekly at bgn.fm. The Halsey theme music was composed, performed by Rocketman and Space Babies. Check them out at facebook.com/spacebabiespgh. The show is produced by Joe Majorek. Email the show at steelwormypgh at gmail.com and put podcasts in the subject line. All complaints about the show can be sent to nick.noble at mail.wvu.edu. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back again soon.